Good morning. Thanks for being here on this very brisk Minnesota morning. I'm Judith Killian, and I have the honor of serving on your board of trustees, and I have a few announcements for you. First of all, I invite you to take out your electronic devices, and if you're on social media, check in and let your people know that you're here at Unity Minneapolis. And then we ask that you either put your device on airplane mode or turn it off and give yourself and others the gift of this sacred hour. Thank you. Today is our Christmas potluck after the second service. All are welcome. And then stick around for a holiday sing-along with Lori and Rachel at about 1.30. Who would want to miss that? So come back for that, please. Thursday evening is the Full Moon Drum Circle at 6.30. Friday is the 12th Annual Winter 
Solstice Experience at 7 p.m., which will be held in the Fillmore Room. This is an event not to be missed as you let go of 2019 and prepare for 2020. Friday is also the group channeling reading with Nia Claire, which will be held at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. Hopefully you've all seen that Christmas Eve services this year are at a new time, 5 and 9 p.m. The 5 o'clock service is more family friendly and the 9 p.m. will feature the choir and will also be live streamed. Check the garden court for upcoming events and while you're there, if you don't already receive it, sign up for the Peak at the Week, which is our weekly electronic newsletter that will help you keep up to date with all our fun activities here. We now turn to Reverend Pat for our opening prayer. Join me in prayer. Let's just go within. As we go within, we let go of the outer world just for a moment or two. And we feel that divine presence, that presence of love as it moves in and through us. And we know that presence as peace, faith, joy, and we are grateful. We're grateful that we have the opportunity this holiday season to be the love of God in expression. Grateful to express that love to each and every person that we encounter, our family, our friends, and yes, even strangers. So we are grateful. I am grateful. Together, I am grateful. And again, I am grateful. And yet again, I am grateful. Let's stand together as we sing our opening song.
Thank you, and please be seated. Advent, this is the third week of our journey into Christmas. It's a journey to renew us through the birth of our own inner Christ. Today, we light three candles. Our third candle represents love. Love is God in us and through us. Let us light our lives with love. Mary represents love. Mary worshiped God and pondered on this truth. And when his love is directed by God, it manifests in wisdom and brings a greater awareness of the Christ within. Today, lighting our candle is Gilbert, Jody, and Elizabeth Evans. She did a great job this morning, did she not? Thank you, Elizabeth. In Luke, we read that Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And like Mary, let us worship God with our love, and then our joy will indeed be full. Let us pray together. Father, Mother God, we feel the power of divine love at work in us preparing the way for the expression of our Christ selves. You are love, and we are love in expression. Love expresses in our homes as patience, as order, and as loving discipline. Love expresses in our world as peace and harmony and spiritual love. For all these expressions, we do give thanks and we give praise, and we say thank you, Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. Let us join together now with our affirmation of our mission statement found in your order of service. Our mission found in your order of service. Together, we are a vibrant, inclusive, prosperous spiritual community, inspiring and empowering full expression of the divine within through prayer, education, and service. One of our core values here is that of welcoming. It's a joy each and every Sunday morning to welcome our guest. So my dear friends, if you're with us today for the first, second, or third time, please allow us to honor your presence here today. Just take your courage in your hand and raise your hand as I raise my hand. First, second, third time guest today. Yes, we have a guest in the back there. Thank you, thank you. Keep your hands up, please. Keep your hands up, please, until our ushers get to you. Keep your hands up, please, until our ushers get to you. We are certainly grateful for those that are streaming with us today. We welcome you as well. That packet of information tells you a lot about Unity Minneapolis. There's a card there. If you choose to fill out any part of that card and turn that into our book desk, we have a gift for you. We have gifts for you. So by all means, turn that into our book desk. The rose is a gift from our congregation so that we can easily recognize you and give you that very personal welcome. All of that's important, and yet one of the most important things we do, and we say here each and every Sunday morning, is this. And that is, my dear friends, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, wherever that may be, you're welcome here. We welcome you. We bless you. We behold the living presence of the divine within you. Let's appreciate these guests, okay? 
Now we greet each other. We do it with a handshake, a hug, a smile, namaste. And we always ask before we hug, let's do it with great love this morning. Okay, let's do it. feel the love in the air, don't you? So, by all means, if you did not get a chance to speak to the person you wanted to speak with, join us for uh, our Friendship Hour following today's service, and don't forget to come back after the second service for our potluck. It's a great opportunity to uh, help community, to build community. Let's settle in for the reading of our daily word. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. As the usher brings down the prayer box, you're invited to mentally add your prayers to the box. And you're, uh, you're invited to mentally add your prayers to the written requests in the box. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written requests. Your prayers are then prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days and then they are forwarded to silent unity, where they're prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today is love. I immerse myself in God's love. God's love is a gift that each member of the human family shares. It is a love that binds us together and gives us the ability to create harmony in our world. When we make the decision to think, feel, and act lovingly, we live as the love that we are, and the love between us blossoms and grows. Today, I immerse myself in the awareness of God's love within me. My heart overflows with a renewed and growing awareness of this love that created and sustains me. I'm motivated to give myself in service to others. I release old resentments and offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me. I smile and I share my joy. I embrace oneness with God and harmony with all people. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 tells us, And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. 
Please join me in meditation. I invite you to settle in and get comfortable. Focus on and deliberately slow your breathing. For now, set aside anything that might be a distraction. Feel your attention moving from your head to your heart. You may even wish to place your hand on your heart as a gesture of going within. Feel yourself gently surrendering to spirit within. Surrendering into the arms of unconditional love. This special time of Advent is all about expectant waiting, waiting and listening, waking up, and actually living in a fuller awareness of the Christ within. This Christ essence and the spirit of Christmas are all about love. I invite you to take a few moments and get in touch with the feelings of love. Imagine someone 
or something that you have a deep love and appreciation for. Picture that in your mind's eye. You may find yourself gently smiling just by these thoughts. Feel those feelings of love intensify simply by focusing on them. Take a moment and silently bless that which is love. Charles and Myrtle Fillmore define love as the pure essence of being that binds together the whole human family and the entire universe. Love is an inner quality that sees good everywhere and in everybody. It is the great harmonizer and healer. Charles says that divine love is impersonal. It loves for the sake of loving. It is not concerned with what or who it loves, nor with a return of love. Theologian Thomas Merton says, to say that I am made in the image of God is to say that love is the reason for my existence. For God is love. Love is my true identity. Selflessness is my true self. Love is my true character. Love is my name. I invite you to take your own feelings of love and appreciation along with these thoughts on love into the silence and to simply rest. Rest for a while in the quiet, in the stillness, in the silence.
I invite you to gently return to this time and place. Returning, renewed and refreshed. Returning with a greater sense of love for yourself, a greater sense of love for others, and a greater sense of love and appreciation for all of life. And so it is. Amen.
Thank you, Rachel. This joke seems so inappropriate in this moment. <laughs> um, so maybe I won't do it, right? Okay. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Rachel, that was beautiful, number one. That was just absolutely beautiful. Sing it like you know what you're talking about. 
So this past week, we had an upgrade to our computers. This is the truth. This is not part of the joke. We had an upgrade. <laughs> And anytime you have an upgrade to the computer, you know, you're very grateful for the newness of the computer and you're really grateful for it, but everything changes on the computer. Have you noticed that? I mean, the calendar was not in place. My, my contacts were not popping up. I couldn't find what I was looking for. The calendars were all wrong, all wrong. And so Connie, God bless Connie, 16 times, she came in and she helped me and then Nancy came down and helped me and I decided to pray for the computer and I did. And Tech Jen then came came in and helped, and after all that, I prayed again, and it was all worked out just fine. You know, with, with God and some human hands, things came to work out. Well, out of the clear blue sky, someone, one of you, I shall remain nameless, I would not want to get anyone in trouble, but one of you sent me this joke, and it's, it was about the computer, and how appropriate it was about the computer. So it says, what gender is the computer? A student asked, what gender is the computer? And instead of giving the answer, the teacher split the class into two groups, male and female, and asked them to decide for themselves whether the computer should be masculine or feminine noun. And each group was asked to give four reasons for their recommendations. Well, the men's group, not necessarily our men's group, Michael, but the men's group, decided that the computer should definitely be the feminine gender because, one, no one but their creator understands their internal logic. <laughs> Two, the native language they use to communicate with other computers is incomprehensible to everyone else. Three, even the smallest mistakes are stored in long-term memory for possible <laughs> It's slippery here, okay. They're stored in long-term memory for possible later review. And four, as soon as you make a commitment to one, you find yourself spending half your paycheck on accessories for it, okay. Well, the women, the women's group, they concluded that the computer should definitely be masculine because one, in order to do anything with them, you have to turn them on. <laughs> oh my God. How many board members do we have present? Please leave the room. Okay, so number two, the men said, uh, the women said it was masculine, number two, because they have a lot of data but still can't think for themselves. <laughs> number three, Number three, they're supposed to help you solve the problems, but half the time, they are the problem. <laughs> and number four, as soon as you commit to one, you realize that if you had waited just a little longer, <laughs> as soon as you commit to one, you realize if you had waited just a little longer, you could have gotten a better model. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The author of the joke said the women won. Are you surprised, man? I'm not at all. But how interesting was that? That has nothing to do with love whatsoever, other than loving your computer. 
So, you know, we continue our Advent journey. We really do continue this Advent journey. And that first Sunday, we lit the candle of faith and hope. And we talked about faith and hope and the importance of faith and hope in our life. We also talked about the importance that you have to wed. What do you have to wed with hope in order for it to become faith? Action. Oh, my goodness, some of you were here. Thank you. And some of you listened. So you have to wed that action in order for it truly to become faith. And, you know, I also pointed out that we have all the faith we need. We're always faithing. It's a matter of where we're directing our faith. That second Sunday, we talked about peace, the peace that Jesus referred to that passes all human understanding. And that peace that we seek, so often we go outside of ourselves to seek that peace. And I reminded us that last Sunday that the peace that we seek is truly within us. And so often what happens in our life is that especially we want peace treaties and we want world peace. Of course we want world peace. We want peace in our country as well, but we can sign all kind of treaties, all kind of pacts. But until we have peace in our hearts with each other, this will not manifest. And I believe that if we want world peace, you and I both know what has to happen. We have to change our consciousness. We have to change our consciousness until we change the consciousness one person at the time and the planet is changed, then we'll experience world peace. I believe that with all my heart. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be doing what I do. So we, my dear friends, have a very important role in world peace. We add to it one consciousness at a time. And the peace that we have in our heart is what adds to it. And today we, we are going to talk about love. Love. And Charles Fillmore, in the revealing... I felt so much love coming into the sanctuary today. I turned to someone and I said, I think what we want to do today is in my 20-minute lesson, in my 20-minute lesson, is just get up and love everybody. Just hug everybody and love them and be the expressions of love. And we're going to have some assignments that's maybe... Maybe you choose to accept them. We're going to have some excitement. But Kevin, in his meditation, certainly brought out a few things that Charles Fillmore had to say. But Charles Fillmore, our co-founder of Unity, said a few, few, few things about love that I want to share with you. He says, it's the pure essence of being that binds together the whole human race. Love is the magnet that holds it all together. Of all the attributes of God, love is undoubtedly the most beautiful. I am God in expression. Are you? Yes. So that means that we have the love within us, that we can be also the attributes of God in expression. In fact, sometimes, as I say on this platform over and over and over and over again, sometimes the only God that someone's going to see is you and me and the expression of that love. So we go forth today recommitting ourselves to be the love of God, to be the love of God in expression. We are the hands and the feet and the voice of God. Anyway. Calm down, Pat. Anyway, love is undoubtedly the most beautiful. In divine mind, love is the power that joins and binds in divine harmony, the universe and everything in it, the great harmonizing principle known to humankind. Divine love is impersonal. Love is that great harmonizer, is that great healer. And whoever calls on God as Holy Spirit for healing is calling on divine love. Divine love will bring you your own to you. Divine love will bring your own to you and adjust all misunderstanding and make your life and affairs healthy and happy and harmonious and free. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment 
of the law. So love is, is, is the key of faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these, Paul reminds us, is love. And Jesus, our teacher and our way shower, he, I believe he put all of his teachings in this one commandment. Jesus says the one commandment that he gave in that upper room to his disciples right before he was went to the cross. He says, my, he says that very easily, he says, I give you one commandment in John 15, 12. He says, love others as I have loved you. Love others as I have loved you. And how did Jesus, our teacher and our way shower, love others? He loved unconditionally. And we are called to love unconditionally as well. You know, I think sometimes, um, we, sometimes when we forget the fact that we can only love others to the degree that we love ourselves, we do some crazy things. Have you noticed that? When I don't have self-love for me, when I don't have this self-love, then what happens is I feel sometimes I need to go out and fill myself up. Have you felt that way before? I don't have it, so I need to go somewhere and get it. I want to get some more love. And guess what? Oh, I'm in trouble again. So guess what? You couldn't get any more love if you wanted to get more love. Wow. Because all the love that we need and all the love that we want is within us. Jesus, we are truly born complete. Everything is complete. And yet so often we go out looking for love. And we do it in some of the craziest ways in the world, right? I won't ask you to raise your hand, stand up, and share, but I can assure you that you have. You've looked for it in addiction. You have looked for it in other people. You have looked for it in people, places, and things. And yet what happens is the love that we seek is absolutely within us. No one else can pour any more love in us. And yet what we can do, the only thing we can do with this love is to express this love. We express it. And the more we express it, the good news is the more we have to give away, especially unconditional love, that impersonal love. Because the more we give it away, my friends, the more spirit fills us again and again and again. Doesn't that great? Isn't that great? We're never empty of the love that we want to give away. So I also, you know, I got to thinking about unconditional love I'm expected to give unconditionally and I discovered that for me unconditional love is when I have my heart open my heart is open and when that heart is open you feel you feel and when that other person's heart is open they feel they feel and it's truly Heaven, doesn't it feel like heaven on earth for you when that happens? You've been there, you've done it. And so, you know, how can we walk around all day long with our hearts open? And I think we're called to do that. And it takes practice in order to do that and to open our hearts to each other. 
And yet at the same time, unconditional love. And when I love you unconditionally, it does not mean that I become a floor mat for someone to walk over. Do you know what I'm talking about? We have unconditional love, and that's when our heart is open. And then at the same time, we may have some, uh, some conditions, some conditions in our life. And sometimes these two come together, and sometimes they don't. I believe that, you know, Charles Fillmore, he refers to when that heart is open, he is referring to that impersonal love. That we can look and we can love without getting so attached. And yet at times, you know, when we're not just totally in our heart sometimes, and that happens, then we get to see that, oh, this is a conditional love. It's a conditional love. It's a conditional love because, yes, I get to set boundaries around that love. I get to decide how I want to be treated. Unconditional love does not mean just flowing over and letting everyone else take advantage of you. I found a description Actually, someone gifted me this book, and <laughs> only spirit guided me to pick it up. I have many gifted books that are about this high, and so I don't make a commitment when to read them or how to read them, but this book really is called The Journey of the Heart, The Path to Conscious Love by John Wellwood. That name has been mentioned in this series again. Remember when we talked about Ellen Davenport's book, um, when she talked about spiritual bypass? It was John, it was John Wellwood that actually gave us that term. But listen to what he says about unconditional love. He says, people often think that unconditional love means setting aside all their conditions and going along with whatever the person they love does. However, imagining that we should tolerate unconditionally anything our partner does can have devastating consequences. Unconditional love does not mean having to like something we, in fact, dislike. Or saying yes when we need to say no. Unconditional love arises from an entirely different place in us than conditional like and dislike, attraction and aversion. It is a being-to-being acknowledgement, and it responds to that which is unconditional, the goodness of another's open heart beyond anything we may like or dislike about him or her. It is saying yes to another being, but it does not mean always saying yes to how they are or what they do. So guess what? You can have a condition in your relationship. You can have a condition in what what you're going to do in your life, what your boundary is. And when all of that's going on, The paradox is you are still loving unconditionally because you have that open heart. Have you ever been in a place where you have that open heart and even with that open heart, you have still set boundaries? You have still been true and faithful to the conditions that you have for your life. So I love love that definition of John Wellwood on unconditional love. Because it means to me that I can still love you unconditionally and still take care of myself. You've been there before? Yes. Isn't that kind of paradoxical? It's absolutely that is. But it's so true about conditional and unconditional love in our life. Of course, 
the Apostle Paul um, in his book on the Corinthians. I, w- I want to just read this. Of course, we read it often at weddings. We read this often at weddings, and those of you that's been married or, or had a wedding or whatever, you might have heard this before. It says, if I st- it starts off by, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. My dear friends, we can be the most knowledgeable people in the world and not have love in our hearts. Paul says we're nothing. Or we can have a minister with powers to prophesy and not have love. I am nothing. And of course, he goes on and includes in this chapter, he concludes at the end, you know, and now faith and hope and love abide, but the three the greatest of these, is love. This 13th chapter, often referred to as the love chapter, falls right into the middle of where Paul is talking about the importance of service. The importance of service and the gifts that we have. And I believe that as we open our hearts to each other, and as we open our hearts unconditionally to each other and conditionally to each other, then I believe that we are guided automatically to step into service. Great service. Great service, even though it might be small. Ellen Davenport, in her article, which is, by the way, is, public, is in your bulletin, the website link, because I've referred to it several times. But Ellen talks about service. And she talks about whenever we are in service for something, we ask the question, What can we be for in our life? How many times have we marched against something or been against something? She says we need to change that and we need to be for something. And she says that once we decide, uh, someone has said, not Ellen didn't say it, that once that love of service and the hungering of the world join together, that place where we know we want to serve and it's meeting the needs of the world, when it joins together, then that is heaven on earth. And I got to thinking about that for my own life. And I'm sure you've thought about it for your own life. My dear friends, when we are in service to each other and we know that it's meeting the needs of the world, doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it feel great? Ellen says, be for something. She says, take action when you are guided and inspired. To, and then she talks about activism, acts. And often activism stems from anger. The actions we take are actually reactions against whatever we perceive as wrong and bad. If we come from a state of resistance, we only generate more conflict. Don't you love that, Ellen? Thank you for reminding us of that. We come from a place of resistance. All we do is create more resistance in our life. She says, align with spirit, by whatever name you call it, 
before deciding what to do. Don't be afraid to pray. What is mine to do? The answer may not be to march in the streets. It might be to rear compassionate children. It might be to volunteer in your community or church. We each have different gifts, and every contribution matters. And she says, you don't have to save the world, Mother Teresa said. Not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Love, we can talk about it till the cows come home. But we are called to practice love. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it's really challenging to practice that love. Especially when you are in direct opposition to something. Especially when you do not like what's going on in the world. And yet we are called more than ever to practice that impersonal love, that personal, that unconditional love, and open our hearts. And then be guided on exactly what is ours to do. So I have an assignment for you this week, if you choose to accept it. Ask yourself the question this week and reflect on it. Reflect on this. Where... And what am I called to be for? What am I called to be for? What am I called to be for in service? And then practice loving. Claudel County, a wonderful author and one of the professors, former professors at Unity Institute, shares how we can express love this Christmas. She says, perhaps we can look deeply into another's eyes and truly listen with another, what another is saying. See the blessing and everyone around the dinner table. Shine our light in love, especially in difficult times, and let our very breath carry feelings of love for everyone, including ourselves. And remember with love the ones that have moved on. Give unconditional gratitude for everyone, no exceptions. Pay it forward. Give an anonymous gift. Be loving in every thought, word, and action. These are the things that she suggests. I want to suggest something that I have done, and that is, it's called a love exercise. And it's called, What I Love About You. And, you know, we give gifts. That's wonderful. I like gifts. Do you like gifts? Yes. Not my primary love language, but I love gifts. But how important it would be for us to truly tell people Someone's maybe a special, significant other. Maybe it's just a friend or a friend. Maybe it's an acquaintance. But ask, share with them what I love about you. We're invited to look at s several questions. What I love about you. Uh, the thing that I love about you, the things that I love about you are, and write them down. Eddie, the things that I love about you are the thing, if I could give you anything in the world, I would give you fill in the blank. The best times I've ever had with you were. And what I wish for you is. It's a simple exercise. If you're interested in doing that with a friend, an acquaintance, the questions are, as you exit, you can pick up a sheet and do that. So you've got some assignments this week. They seem like more than usual, don't they? <laughs> they are. They are more than usual. 
And I believe with all my heart that it helps us to love ourselves when we do this. What can I be for? What are those small things that makes a difference in so many people's lives? And what I love about you, the exercise, I'd like to hear your responses after you do it. It's an amazing exercise. So love. Unlimited. Thank you, God. We cannot outgive love because it's always there. And we're called to do it. Even when our computer goes wrong. And so it is. Amen. Rachel, one of the things I love about you is that this song has become kind of a tradition for you and I for, I don't know, what, 16 years? Oh, gosh. Good Maybe 18 years. Now. 14 for I'm sure. I'm telling you. Sweet dreams of 
in grateful chorus raises we let all within us praise his holy name Christ is the Lord and ever ever praise we his Thank you. I just saw your hearts just opening and opening and opening. And that's what music does for us. Thank you. Our ushers, come forth, please, as we prepare to receive our tithes and our gifts and our offerings. Take your gift in your hand and get in touch with that gratitude within. Get in touch with that love within that expresses through you. Now let's affirm together our church offertory blessing that's found in your order of service. Together, divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. Thank you, God. Amen.
bless these gifts for they are truly an expression of love from those that gifted and we bless them and we send them forth to fulfill our vision and mission of a transformed world thank you thank you God and so it is and so we let it be Laura Dockin, thank you very much, sweetheart. I'd like to speak to our streaming audience just for a moment. We are so grateful that you're with us today. Thank you for joining us. And we also invite you to support Unica Minneapolis. You can do so on our secured website. Wow. So how are you doing out there? Great. Yeah, we are. We're doing great. I want to invite our on-duty Unity prayer chaplains to please stand. Oh, Blessings, blessings, blessings. They arrived early. They held sacred space. And they're here to hold that sacred space with you, to listen with the ears of their heart, to pray aloud with you, that open heart, and then to hold what they have heard in the strictest of confidence. Thank you for your service, and you may be seated. Yesterday, I was blessed to be able to drop in for a few minutes into their meeting, and oh, my goodness, what open hearts. What open hearts they have as they share with each other. My goodness, uh, let's see. We have several things going on this week. I want to call your attention to our winter solstice. It's coming up on Friday night. If you've not participated in that, it's a great opportunity. We do it in the Fillmore Room, and we also do it outside as well, so bring a coat. It is a fabulous experience as we let go and let God. Also, it's um, a wonderful time to make a year-end gift to Unity Minneapolis, and many of you have. I thank you for that. The board thanks you for that. I have made a year-end gift, our entire board of trustees has made a year-end gift, and your key staff here at Unity Minneapolis has made a year-end gift, and we invite you to make a year-end gift as well, over and above your normal giving. Sarge and Sue Stevenson, I'm going to invite you to come forth. They make a year-end gift, and they do it with such great joy, because uh, Sue is always joyful, and so is Sarge. <laughs> Well, dear, here we are again, yep, where we, we made our vows a year ago. So, as our, our story as it relates to unity and year-end giving goes like this. In 2006, I lost my husband of 33 years to cancer. And there were years of grief feeling of loss. It was devastating to me and the kids. On April 1st, 2017, I wrote down in my cell phone reminders, dear God, who is my dance partner? The funny thing, the voice inside said, why aren't you asking for the whole enchilada? <laughs> <laughs> so, Every day, it popped up in my cell phone reminders. Dear God, who is my dance partner? 40 days later, I kid you not, 40 days later, I went to the annual VFW hearing loss fundraiser. It was this guy with a sweet smile that kept turning around looking at me. And I smiled back, and pretty soon I went... <laughs> I said, how do you do? I'm Sassy Sue. <laughs> Who are you? And he said, I am David Lee Stevenson, and my favorite thing is dancing. 
Would you like to dance? <laughs> Speechless. Is, is this first dance, good dancer. Second date, dancing. Third date, I ask, uh, what church do you go to? He said, well, you know, I told you I moved from Austin, Texas, where I'd been going to Unity Church of the Hills for 12 years. It's transformative. He said, we should go sometime. I go, what about tomorrow? <laughs> Fourth date, will you accept this rose right there? Fast forward to Christmas. Will you accept this ring? Fast forward, summer of 2018. Hospitality, I'm telling Liz, yeah, I'm planning a bachelorette party. She says, Lori Dockin, piano at the townhouse. <laughs> Besides my bridesmaid, half of the Unity Choir was there. It was one of my most fun nights of my entire life. Fast forward, Labor Day 2018. We got married here with Reverend Pat and Reverend Phil officiating. It was wonderful. Has unity been transformative? Yes. You know when you hear the truth. And all my life I've been a truth seeker. At age five I wanted to be a nurse. Then I learned all about Western medicine, surgery, medications, Rochester Mayo Clinic. But then as time went on, I learned about energy medicine, power of thought, chakras, trigger points, meditation, prayer, power of intention. Submit and surrender to the higher power. Whatever you call he, she, it, the presence. So year-end giving. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> the <laughs> the, the power and the paradox of receiving back tenfold. Since joining Unity Minneapolis, not only have I and we found new thought and the truth about God, not a big guy in the sky, but a powerful presence beyond our grasp, but it comes from within. And any scientist who has tried to prove there is no God comes falling to their knees acknowledging there is. So coming to Unity, I found my truth about God, and wow, has my social life improved. <laughs> we dance, we sing, we pray, we read, we learn, we believe, we live. New friends, deeper relationships, powerful supportive women's groups. Thank you, Mary. Realtor Mike helped us find our townhome. And one of my things on my bucket list was to be in a play. And there it happened. Mother wove the morning. Thank you for all the campfires before and after. Then it was back to the one year anniversary of the bachelorette party. <laughs> Where are we? At the Ordway with Lori Dockin, all dressed up in the 60s. It was a blast. <clears throat> Awesome, Lori, thank you. The 100 year anniversary celebration. Judith, thank you. And Margie and Jim and Dana, thank you all the church, it was so wonderful. 
Some are dancing in the church parking lot. Many interesting conversations. There's a lot of intelligent people here. <laughs> Hospitality chats, beating you at ping pong, Reverend Pat. Yes, you did. <laughs> he was trying to. Um, <clears throat> who said church can't be fun, right? So connection, the strength of the support system, and, and as a nurse of 50 years, I'll tell you about the immune system. You give it a boost, and you will get a boost. You strengthen your energy field, so all the germs are frightened away with those active T cells that start working so hard. This is all scientifically proven. So they say you can't buy health, but maybe you can. Why hoard it all up when you can give it away, never expecting a reward, but it will happen because your heart changes. Physical, emotional, spiritual health, and a lot more joy, and now you tell them why we give. <laughs> well, how can you top all of that? <laughs> But we truly, truly believe that unconditional giving brings you great gratitude and great love. And everything that you give unconditionally, no expectations, just giving because you know within your soul it's the right thing to do. And it gets returned to you in gratitude and love over and over and over again. And you never know how it's going to come, in which direction or in what manner it might come to you. So we give. We give freely at the end of the year and make a year-end gift because we re feel that we need to return to the universe, to the, to the being, to God, to this church, to this family because of the mission that we do and that we can continue to go and continue to strive each year to do better and to serve more people. So we give with great gratitude and great love for all of you for this family, and this is our spiritual family and our spiritual home, and we thank all of you, and we encourage you to open your hearts and consider a year in giving. All of our family. Yes. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you, thank you. Let's stand together as we bring in our children, okay? Today we looked at the story of the angel and the role of the angel appearing to the shepherds. So I think we've got some angels down there waving around. Um, and then I would like to invite you all to our holiday potluck today. After the second service, we'll join in Friendship Hall for that. We have a special guest, a family favorite, especially a kid favorite. 
So join us for that, and then we will have a sing-along back here in the sanctuary. And then right now, after service, I invite you to come on upstairs and do some drumming with David, and David's going to tell us a little bit more about that. So today is my last day in the youth and family ministry, the music, youth music coordinator position. Three years, you think I get that title right finally. <laughs> and for the farewell, what I wanted more than anything was a chance, A, to say thank you to everybody for letting your kids come up and play with us, supporting us, all the support I've gotten here in this community. It's one of those farewells where you'll actually see me more now than you did before, because now I can come to the service. <laughs> Yay. And as a, as a celebration, last week we had Wendy's Champagne Toast. Today we have Drumming with David between services. So come on upstairs and between the two services today and drum with us and then come back for the music sing-along. And I'm going to stop talking because every second up here talking is one second less drumming. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you, David. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Let us know together our prayer for protection and our peace song. Together we know that the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is well. You can do the job of your town later on. 
Do the job of your 